0: You're listening to the Sustainable and Resilient Cities podcast at the University of Liverpool. My name is Abby O'Connor, I'm a PhD student in the Sociology Department, and I'll be hosting this series. And welcome to today's episode. Here with us today, we have Ronnie Hughes, a PhD student in the Sociology, Social Policy, and Criminology Department here at Liverpool. Today Ronnie and I are going to discuss his work on better lives and better places as he explores the uses of utopia in the global pandemic. Hi Ronnie, can you tell us a bit about your work please?
1: Hi Abby. Yeah, my work as you said is is about utopia kind of. I suppose it's broader remit as it's about better lives in better places. And I've spent the last year I'm at the end end of my first year beginning of my second year of the PhD. Really building on work I did in my dissertation for my MA last year where I actually wrote a fictional dissertation on Utopia based in Port Sunlight with a bit of a visit to Granby and Liverpool. That, if you like, that visit to Utopia gave me the idea that there was something worth investigating here so I decided to to major on Utopia as an issue in my PhD. And I suppose the headline is, I've spent a year having a serious look at it, read loads of the literature, and I actually think, kind of helped by COVID happening to break out in the middle of it all. I actually think that Utopia is what I would describe as a broken brand in the pandemic. Really from quite early on, people, by which I mean, the chattering media classes, started talking about, well, what do we like out of this? What do we want to keep? How can we learn from COVID to make a better world afterwards? Before the phrase build back better came into everybody's thoughts. People were thinking about it anyway. And no one mentioned Utopia. I kept looking out for it because I would, wouldn't I? Because I'm studying it. And really, there was nothing coming out about Utopia. People naturally tend to talk about details anyway, rather than not everybody is a sociologist, so they don't leap into, I wonder how society is organised, but there was no hint of utopia in it. And having therefore thought and wrote and carried on working through all of this, I thought actually utopia is kind of dumb. So that's my headline really. It's a broken brand. And I don't think I'd have arrived at this so quickly. If it hadn't been for the pandemic happening.
0: So so your research is grounded in the Liverpool City region and your experience as someone who has worked in the communities as an activist over many years. What has it been during the the Covid-19 pandemic that you've really seen that's made you think that Utopia is, is a broken brand but that there are things unfolding in the communities that show that there is a better way of organising our social lives?
1: Okay, yeah, there actually has been quite a lot. You talked about the the activism that I've been involved in, which has been particularly over the last 10, 11 years. I've worked in Granby, in Liverpool Eight, and also with lots of other community-based organisations around the city region. And several of them, once the pandemic broke out, were actually the first to really respond to the needs of communities for food, protective equipment, good ways of transporting their products around. And in the phrase they all started to use, they kind of pivoted their social businesses, which is what they are, very quickly. And at a speed that the large public organizations and corporations just didn't manage. So they were able to actually get people supplies get nurses' clothes washed, get people, literally get food to people quicker than anybody else. And I've always thought, and this is what led me to Utopia, I'd always thought that the way a lot of these businesses operated was Utopian, because they always started from the point of view when we work together of, well, what would be perfect around here? What kind of bakery does this place need? What kind of housing would it be good if we had around here? And so I was really impressed by the way they were the first to really pivot and respond to the crisis. And so that really got me thinking that there's something going on here. There's a habit, tradition, an instinct really in Liverpool about doing things ourselves. And I think you could trace it back to the fact that we've largely been self-employed you know, from dockers queuing up at the dock gates to the Liverpool habit of, well, we'll just do it, hey. We won't wait for, we won't wait for permission. We won't wait for offshore investment. If, we, if it needs doing, we'll just get on and do it. And I think these um, socially trading organisations, as they now call themselves, are just the latest incarnation of that kind of habit that we have here to do things ourselves.
0: So it'd be fair to say that from your experience and especially as we've discussed, shown during the pandemic, that local responses are imperative, whether that be to providing resources for people, whether that be to local lockdown restrictions, you've mentioned housing, we've seen it in terms of community support groups, food banks. Okay. So let's explore the fact that clearly from what you've said, your, your experience, your work is rooted in practicalities here but as we know you're also a sociological researcher so i'm interested in how you square these two and how your research is affected by your experience
1: okay yeah that's a good and long and detailed question sorry no that's fine that's fine <laughs> um i think let's let's take it back to my my application to be at the university this time around the last time i was here was in the 1970s when i scraped a sociology degree since then i've worked in housing but also for the last 20 years run my own company called a sense of place and our our aim in life our our strap line even in marketing terms was always better lives in better places so that's that's always interested me and when i applied to the university that was the basis of my application i want to if you like take some time to step back from being a frontline activist and have a think about how this Better Lives in Better Places happens. And in a way, the obvious place to start this thinking was utopia, utopianism. It is an existing school of thought, and I'd never really thought about it, other than the vague idea that we were kind of doing utopian things. But when I came to sort of seriously look at it, First of all, I found that people have always done things that might now be called utopian. But nothing was called utopian until Thomas More made the word up in 1516. And after that, very quickly in the literature of utopia, everything became utopian. Every kind of attempt to improve society, make better bread, supply you with fresh juice from your cafe could start to be called utopian over these last 500 years and it seemed immediately seemed like too wide a use of one concept to carry its weight so what i did and i thought this might be the basis of my whole phd is that i categorized utopia into four four categories so the main type of whole society thing which you know we we know about from either made up fantasies or whole societies like the communist or fascist utopias of the 20th century. So that was type one. Type two was the kind that I'd worked on, were getting better utopias in particular neighbourhoods. Then there was the kind that we, the rich person's utopia, the status quo, where this was the third kind, where life is perfect. For a percentage of society, those in power, and the rest of us are, in various ways, their servants, their workers. Then the fourth kind, which is mainly in fantasy, is science fiction, science and technology utopias. A little bit aligned to my getting better type twos. But anyway, there was all those four kinds, and I thought, oh, well, that sounds neat. That sounds great. But when I got to my literature review. Of course, all the categories started to leak into each other and leading me to the conclusion for now that the categories don't, don't hold water, don't hold the theories, and that actually utopia, I think now, might have been a historic concept that lasted for 500 years. The brand itself has not survived what was done with it during the 20th century, so that nobody now in the aftermath, well, it's not even an aftermath yet, in this pandemic is thinking, really even thinking of whole society solutions. I think my own thought now is that how we make better lives in better places is really complicated. And it's really about the context of places. And you can't say, or I would not, no longer say that there is a potential solution that works. So I wouldn't say now, which I think I might have said before I started studying this, that somewhere down the road of utopianism is what follows up to the great and largely Western traditions of religion, then socialism or capitalism. And then something next, I think there's something next. And my next, the section I'm just starting working on now is called, and something more. I think the something next is complicated. Some people around, around here, around the city region, I know a lot of these people in the socially trading organizations say, you know, the next big idea is hundreds of small ones. And I think it is something like that. I don't think, I think, I now have doubts about things like nations this great Benedict Anderson book about the how we ma- made up the concept of nations, and from nations come wars from wars come power and I think there's something about the pandemic where we 've kind of needed the nations to kind of hold the infection, if you like, but actually the solutions are more and more turning out to be local variations of all the rules and the getting through has been fairly uselessly handled by the centre uh, certainly in this country and so I just keep coming back to local and that's why you know I'm really glad that my studies now are about the Liverpool city region because I think we have a lot of examples here of what might have been called utopias before and I think As I said the word doesn't carry anymore people don't believe in it people are not going for it so I want to now go on and study something much more interesting which is now and here what are we doing
0: so then would it be fair to say that in practice actually it's less about a grand theory or idea or concept and actually what's crucial is the people that are running that idea or socially trading organisation or community land trust, that actually it's the people and the relationship they have to each other and to the place in which they are that is the most important aspect of moving forward and creating these better lives in better places.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think a, a concept that's very rarely mentioned in, in these situations, for example, in Granby Four Streets, we we made up the idea of us being a community land trust and when that worked quite publicly and we we not only did up the houses we won the Turner prize and you know became famous for 5 minutes a lot of people then immediately started saying oh, community land trusts must be the the answer but we never thought they were that was just a convenient way of us calling ourselves something new and having an identity and yeah, getting hold of, of some land. But the real essential concept there and at Home Baked in Anfield and at Kitty's Laundrette and the other things I've been involved in has actually been friendship. A group of people deciding to make something better and agreeing on roughly how to do it and adjusting, adjusting, adjusting as we went to to work out what might work in that particular place and for the people of the place, and done it with the people of the place. Again, Granby and Homebaked got famous as community-led, which immediately started a lot of people theorising about community-led. And, and yeah, I can see the urge to think, there might be a grand theory in this one. Mm. And, you know, in classic terms, I'd say it's too soon to tell. It might, you know, it takes years and I also hold back a little bit from that. You know, even in, say even the name of the business that I've run since 1995, A Sense of Place, the meaning of A Sense of Place has changed now. You know, the meaning of communities have changed. You know, it's people from everywhere are everywhere. And that changes the shape of things that I learned that from from Doreen Massey, a geographer and mm-hmm. yep. sociologist really. So it's complicated and I think it's too soon for us to come up with grand theories and actually seeing what happened to such a nice idea in some ways as utopianism mm. would hold me back from those. I think we need to, a lesson from the pandemic is we need to start having a quietly serious ponder about the local
0: So that brings me to a final point on looking at, talking about policy responses and how the Liverpool city region itself looks to respond to this pandemic. Um, And obviously, or not even respond, I do not think we're at that stage yet, deal with. So you've talked about how socially trading organisations throughout the lockdown uh, brought both practical support um, and investment into the region. And obviously we've spoken before and and there's a lot of work written on the Liverpool pound and Mm -hmm. upholding the local economy so talking about organizations such as kindred which we haven't actually touched upon yet but i'll ask you to touch upon and thinking about the values that they bring to the local economy and what it specifically is about that so i'm i would say that again it's about the people and the people that are are (laughs) bringing that value as we've said the huge organizations um the huge department stores they weren't the ones that were keeping keeping the city running they were furloughing their staff obviously which is emblematic of the situation that we were in but at the same time what was needed in this city was as you said food resources personal protective equipment jobs for people that had jobs that people could go back to after the lockdown was over so if you could just talk about a bit about from your experience and your opinion how we can look to create policies or talk about policies and inform policies that have a long-lasting impact on the city region and aren't just there as a slogan like Build Back Better as a marketing
1: technique. Yeah, yeah. People have really good ideas, is my experience, for what will work in their locality and they need surprisingly little help to get those ideas going. Some of the help involves authorities getting out of the way or giving short-term use of premises and some of the really crucial help is actually in micro-investment. People can get their socially trading ideas going with remarkably little money, sometimes hundreds of pounds, most often relatively low thousands can get them enough kit and enough stock to get going and it's worth the risk. So kindred that you just mentioned is, is a development of quite a lot of these socially trading organisations. It hasn't come from nowhere, but what it, what, it, what it is, is a new body set up from the city region to give advice and a certain amount of investment to these city region socially trading organisations it's just getting going at the moment, but it's actually got six and a half million to invest, which isn't huge, but it is pretty huge for the kind of enterprises that we're talking about, the kind of enterprises that might need a few bikes or a few washing machines or a bread oven to get going. And and then they will start to make to trade and make their own income. So so Kindred is aimed at giving support when it's needed, advice, but also critically giving contact between them, because what we found is that once you set up a body of these socially trading organisations, even in a neighbourhood, they start to trade with each other. And then you mentioned the Liverpool Pound, well actually they form the Everton pound, mm. the Anfield pound, the Liverpool eight pound. And the money stays, they, they take people on. I mean, I saw some figures from Homebaked recently suggesting that every pound spent in Homebaked, which is right on the Anfield-Everton border, actually is worth £3.50 because it keeps going round. They take on, I think Homebaked now employ 18 local people mm. who spend it in other local places baked and Kitty's Laundrette just down the road, in Oakfield Road. Yeah. They work with each other and they support each other. And Peloton, who are a transport, socially trading organization with bikes, they transport their stuff for both of them and several others and to the hospitals and to the nurses and to the food banks. It builds a different version of the economy. And I think that's what, in the end, I think that's what kindred is about it's about experimenting six and a half million sounds a lot but it isn't really in terms of the money it takes to run a city to run a city region it's an experiment in an economy that is actually a service to where the place is not a drain on our place so you know there's a lot of money changes hands within a city just to buy the basic foodstuffs and get by from day to day and if more of that money could be spent on the people doing the work on the organisations carrying out the services then we keep the money here and we roll it round and actually we can deal with that money with the things that the region needs the support for the young people the support for people who are not getting supported by the major economy we can we can deal with it here so i think kindred is the not the start but a, a natural development of us looking after ourselves of of the region itself becoming more independent and i have my own views like a lot of us in liverpool that liverpool is an independent city i think ports <laughs> are ports tend to be yeah they look out and i think liverpool naturally looks out and you know we are pretty much a city-state really and this is kind of the city-state getting its nerve, but yeah.
0: Okay, so that's amazing. Everything that you've said I think is so interesting Um, and really crucial in terms of thinking about how this city has coped through the pandemic um, against some pretty difficult circumstances in terms of funding or they're in lack of from central government and other issues. Um, And I think what's really clear here and I think the takeaway from it is that the local is crucial um, and the control must come from within the Liverpool city region, and even when we have organisations like Kindred that are working as a support system, those who are running Kindred, as as we know, have been working within the city for decades, and I think that aspect of it is a really crucial way. It's not investment coming from offshore, it's not coming from Whitehall, and it's not being dictated from people that don't know the city and don't live within it. It's, It's from within it, and that's what will keep us going. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to add?
1: Yeah, just like, I would like to add one thing. Um, as you might be able to tell from the sounds in the background, <laughs> I'm actually speaking to you from our allotment. This is an allotment that Sarah and my partner and I have. And I've, I've worked here all the way through the pandemic, through, as you could maybe hear now through through rain and wind and birdsong and everything. And I suppose in answer to the unasked question, which I kind of asked myself earlier on, what would you keep from this? This is, this is kind of, I've, I've really, I mean, the pandemic's been really frightening, but I've enjoyed this little, this bit of it, having a really quiet, peaceful place to work and, and actually mixing in my theoretical work, with gardening work, I actually have a theoretical base for this as well, which is a philosopher called Marilyn Strathairn, who her thing is that in any field of study, why don't you bring in good theorists and good thoughts from other fields of study, much like in an allotment where I will literally leave this place where I'm sitting, walk out into the garden and see which plants are bouncing back. Why, like which theories are working. And I think that gave me, that Strathernian approach gave me the thought that, okay, well, if the field of utopianism is perhaps part of a broken brand, what can I bring into it now? And as well as bringing in theorists from other areas like Strathurn's an anthropologist, I'm actually now bringing in Granby and the people of the Liverpool city region to see well given what by any of our standards is a huge crisis one of the biggest crises we've all faced in our lifetime what we doing about it here
0: and I think that's a really crucial point and I think it definitely links to the whole purpose of this project that we've set up it's about looking at how we as PhD students who pre-COVID weren't necessarily doing things that were even for some of the students that we're gonna have on weren't necessarily even doing projects that related to the city region, but it's asking ourselves how can we use our expertise, our research, our own thoughts, and apply it to a situation to help out the place that we live in. And I think it's very easy, especially for younger students that are more transient in terms of where they live and where they come from and what universities and cities they live in. It's very easy to kind of trundle along in university life and not really reflect on the place in which you live and what you what you can offer it and what you can do for it and i think that the you know the covid19 pandemic has been difficult in so so many ways and has affected people really unequally as we know and and as we'll continue to talk about throughout this project but i think what it has shown is that it gives people the opportunity to think about what they can offer if they can offer it Mm. and and how we can go about doing that and how when we are on the other side of this however that may look whenever that may, may be what we can take from it and continue mm. throughout our lives as you said you know you'll probably continue working at your allotment in in more peace than you get in our office um
1: <laughs> yeah i think i mean obviously you know the space the university is important it's great resource and i really really miss the library yeah um, but this has shown me that you know you can do good work anywhere and actually, we now have to, as well as the university, we have to have other places. So here we are. so yeah.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really great to hear from you, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again soon.
1: Thank you, Abby. I've enjoyed that.